Good evening and welcome to Behind the Roar, a podcast created to give our listeners a behind-the-scenes look at South Lyon High School out of South Lyon, Michigan. Behind the Roar is affiliated with South Lyon's newspaper, The Lions Roar. You can check out our online pieces at lionlife.org. That's L-Y-O-N-L-I-F-E dot org. I'm your host, Allie Firstenaut, and I'm joined by three guests this evening. Mr. Michael Murphy, a language arts teacher at Southline High School, his wife, Mrs. Lauren Murphy, an emergency room nurse, and Miss Olivia McKinney, the biology and anatomy teacher at Southline High School. Today we'll be discussing the COVID-19 pandemic and the precautions we as citizens need to take in order to stay safe, happy, and healthy during these unprecedented times. This is not controversial, it is reality. All scientific evidence we report today is entirely factual, and we will not be addressing any of this conspiracy theories surrounding the pandemic. This is real, and this is serious. We look forward to shedding some light on this issue and what we can do as individuals to put an end to this virus for good. Thank you so much for joining me here today on Behind the Roar. So first, we're going to start off by addressing how the pandemic has affected each of you individually and how your jobs have also been affected by this. So we'll start with you, Mrs. Murphy. With the recent uptick in COVID-19 cases, how has the hospital been affected, the ER in particular? Mm -hmm. Well, we're a, a, a lot busier. Um, we had a nice lull when people were um, social distancing and when we were shut down. Um, but now it's, you know, everything's back to the normal how it was before COVID. Plus we have a, a lot of COVID. So, um, you know, we have people, our coworkers, my coworkers are tired and um, we're being extra careful. Um, we're trying to get patients seen and not have long waits because our waiting rooms are getting full. Our hospital's getting full. Um, it's definitely challenging to keep everybody up and happy and trying to, you know, get the, the group to smile and, and to say, okay, we got this. So um, I think a lot of us are frustrated. A lot of us are really tired, but a lot of us are grateful that we still get to serve people and take care of them. And, um, you know, we get to hold their hand in those terrible moments because right now we, they can't have their family either. So it's back to kind of where it was. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, it's definitely different than when I started five years ago. It's not something I thought I would ever see in my lifetime, but we're getting through it. Yeah, absolutely. I have so much respect for frontline workers, especially medical personnel. My mom is a nurse and my dad's a firefighter. And yeah, absolutely. Like my mom was working until like nine or 10 o'clock every night um, at the beginning of this and coming home just exhausted and stressed out and terrified. And if she came in contact with a COVID patient, she'd have to quarantine from the rest of us for two weeks. It was just emotionally exhausting. And I'm so sorry that you've had to go through that. You didn't sign up for it and nobody knew this was coming. So thank you for all that you are doing. We appreciate you so much. And yes, absolutely prayers that this kind of calms down soon, but we also have to do our part and make sure that we get to that point because this isn't just going to go away on its own. And yes, thank you again so much for all that you are doing. So now we're going to switch it over to Mr. Murphy. We spoke about the lack of student engagement and the adjustment teachers have had to make. 
as a, as a result of the pandemic in our last podcast, but please share your experience with us as your experience is different from everybody else's. So, Yeah, thank you, Allie. Uh, thank you for having us on. Uh, we really appreciate it. And first of all, great job with the Lions Roar and what you're doing here. Uh, this podcast is awesome. And, um, you know, it's so wonderful to see what you guys have been able to do in the midst of this pandemic uh, to, to kind of use it as an opportunity to push yourselves to uh, explore a new pathway, which we might not have done before. So credit to you guys. And um, it, it kind of, um, I guess I'm thinking about my students and my students, I've been really impressed with the vast majority of them, just like I've been impressed with what you guys have done here. And I told them that today, like they've done a fantastic job working through the issues that have been going on and navigating through. I've been really, really blown away with how about 80% of them have done. Um, and I am, having said that, I am going through probably the hardest year of my teaching career. I've been doing this for 18 years now, 19 years, and it is by far the most challenging time. I'd mentioned that there were, you know, I've been happy with how 80% of those kids have done. 20% have, have been struggling a little bit. And usually in the normal classroom, I'm able to make a connection. I'm able to help them. I'm able to work with them, talk with them uh, before or after class, uh, motivate them in some way, help them in some capacity. And as Mr. Shroud and Ms. Cowley talked about in their prior uh, podcast, um, you know, forming the relationships with the students is very, very difficult. And it's been extremely hard. Um, and, and trying to help them, I just feel I have not done what I need to do. So that's been very, very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I, as a, from a student's perspective, I like having those relationships with my teachers, you know, getting to know them and then having them get to know me. That's a huge part of education for me personally. I know that's not that way for everybody, but you are doing enough. So please don't think that you aren't, you are doing enough. And I can't even imagine how hard, you, hard you've had to work because changing your entire career, basically how you do everything, just changing, I can't imagine how difficult that is. So thank you so much for all that you are doing. And Ms. McKinney, you are also a teacher at South Lyon High School, but this year you chose to stay home and teach even when we, are in, we were in person. So how has that affected you emotionally, mentally, all of that? Um, well, first let me thank you for doing this program and I second everything Mr. Murphy said there. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it's tough. Like I am again, super impressed with students um, and like all of our abilities to just kind of show up and just figure it out. And so it's great that students have been able to adapt. Um, that's a huge part of, I mean, what we're doing right now at all is just adapting. Um, but you know, it's really hard as uh, somebody that's chosen this profession as a social person that likes to work with people in, in the public um, to, to be so cut off from that. And I get my energy from my students. And so, you know, I, I bring energy to the classroom and I, I try to like feed off of my students and their facial expressions and their, their questioning looks. And so with the cameras off, that's impossible to do. And, um, it's just, it's so different. And so um, 
it's, it's a lot of work, constant work and email. And I hate email. And it's like, everything is email and chat. Um, and it's just nonstop writing, but, um, just like missing that, that interaction piece. So additionally then, um, you know, staying home, um, based on my autoimmune disorder is even worse. I'm completely cut off from people and, uh, it's tough. It's really tough and really lonely. Um, and I miss it. I miss the energy. I miss seeing your faces. I miss like hanging out with you guys. Like that's the great part about being a teacher. And so, um, it's tough. It is, you know, tough for all of us. Um, but everybody brings like a different side of what we're doing. So it's a lot of work without a lot of the rewards that we would normally get by sharing laughs and interactions and funny stories, you know, um, anatomy people, like what makes the class particularly fun is students sharing their stories about their lives and their health issues and whatever. And they're more reluctant to do that now than ever because they have to actually unmute to do it. And then it's a strange setting. So um, it's just tougher than normal. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it is from the student side as well. So I completely understand the feeling of just being lonely and, you know, being in the same spot from, you know, 720 in the morning until whenever you finish your homework, which a lot of people that's like 11 o'clock at night. Um, it's been really very emotionally taxing. And I that's why I'm such a huge advocate for turning on your camera, because obviously I get it. You don't want to have to get dressed. You want to just roll out of bed and go onto the Google Meet. But you're losing so much emotional connection and just even turning on a camera is, it's something. It's seeing another person's facial expressions that just, it's something. So when you have your camera off, if your teacher had your had their camera off and literally nobody had their camera on, I don't know. It would just be, it would be cold. It would be exhausting emotionally and physically. And I know students don't want to turn that camera on, but seriously, just do it. Like you're not... Don't do it for yourself, then do it for your teachers because they are doing so much for you right now. Just take it from what they're saying, just do it for them because not having your camera on and just relying on the chat is making their lives so much more difficult and so much more lonely. So take my word, don't take my word, whatever, but at least consider it because I promise you it will make the world of a difference for them. And after all of this that they have done to make education still the best it could possibly be we kind of we owe it to them absolutely so going off of that and how this has affected your jobs we did talk about the emotional um, implications of this is there anything that you have done to kind of counteract that have you found something that has just been beneficial to you and your emotional standing or are you just in a spot where i don't know like i need some some resources that I can use. So whoever wants to go first can go ahead. Well, I think I am lucky to come home and, and be with Lauren and we have um, a great relationship and, and we laugh and we have a, have a good time together. And uh, we are lucky to have that. Um, we are, and we're also blessed to have our families that live really close by and we call them. We don't really go and see them as much as what we want anymore. And if we do, it's like Lauren standing outside or in her car and her mom's in the window looking out. 
Uh, but I still think that helps quite a bit. So just remaining connected to our family and, and being there for each other is kind of how we're getting through it. Uh, and, and our dog. Yeah. Our, our dog, uh, keeps us, <laughs> keeps us alive, I guess, uh, or keeps us plowing through. You never know what the Dublin dog is going to be up to next. So constant source of entertainment. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's how we get through it. Having each other. That's so sweet. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really difficult now because, again, we can't really see our family as we normally would have had this not been an issue. And yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think that if we can, you know, drive by their house and just wave or have, you know, little Zoom calls every now and every now and then and just calling them and texting them and whatever else you do to stay connected, that is super important because they are going through this too. And even if you think, oh, well, they're adults, they don't understand what it's like to have your quote unquote senior year stripped from you. Like they're still going through this and they still need love and support. So think about other people as well. Make sure you're reaching out to other people and making sure that they're doing okay. Staying as close to other people without actually being close to them is super important. So let's just do a better job with trying to stay as connected as possible. Miss McKinney, what about you? Um, I th think the same. It gets really tough. I definitely, I'm going to be honest, I feel like every maybe four to six weeks, I definitely hit like a slump, right? Where I just get worn down again. I have to feel all those emotions and cry a little bit, sometimes a lot, and then like pull myself back up again. Um, but it definitely helps having a buddy, you know, that you can laugh with and hang out with and just like, be ridiculous with. Um, going outside, like I'm always trying to be outside. So that makes a huge difference. Um, getting out there as much as possible. It's tougher now. Like definitely I've, I mean, I'm always out walking and hiking and now there are people everywhere. So that's something that I'm not used to. So like the distancing aspect of that and when you're going to need a mask, you know, that's something new. Um, but I'm super grateful that we have technology like we do right now because like zooming with my family. Um, I spent every day this summer, I zoomed with my parents and did German lessons. Um, so that was an awesome way. We'd spend like an hour, hour and a half every single day learning German and talking. And um, so that was fantastic. But otherwise, it's a similar situation where um, we met up a few times over the summer in my sister's backyard. And like her family, it was like a triangle around this giant tree <laughs> where, you know, we're 10, 15, 20 feet apart in backyards, but um, otherwise it's, yeah, it's, it's different. So uh, I definitely busted out the meditation app uh, the other night for the first time in a long time. So I downloaded that again and um, it helped, I mean, you know, helped me fall asleep and relax a little bit. So I think I'm going to have to get back into that a little more again. Yes, I am. I love meditating. I think it's so relaxing and it's very helpful, like when I'm feeling super anxious, which is all the time. <laughs> um, I think that something that students especially need to keep in mind is that you need to take time for yourself. So I know that you have scholarship essays to write and college applications and a ton of extra homework that you have to do now. But it is so important to take time for yourself because you cannot be putting 100% effort into what you're doing unless you feel good like on your own just how is your mental health doing are you taking that time to um 
to sleep and get energized and stay on top of your mental health because that is the foundation for everything. So if you have a huge test the next day, you're not going to like all of a sudden learn everything at 11 o'clock at night. If you don't know it by then, you don't know it. You just go to bed and you hope for the best, honestly. And I know that's not the answer that everyone wants to hear, but it's true. So I personally need to do a better job with that, with just finally just shutting off the computer at 10 o'clock at night so I can go to sleep because I can't function the next day if I'm not if I'm not fully rested. So absolutely going outside as much as possible. I know it's getting colder, so it's a little more difficult, but even just going for a super quick walk or just going outside for just a few minutes to get some fresh air. I know it's so funny. I like walk out outside after school and like the sun hits my eyes. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Like compared to the blue light, I just, I don't go outside enough now. So absolutely taking the time to do something that makes you feel energized and makes you feel better emotionally and physically getting that physical activity is super, super important. So thank you for sharing that with me. So now we're going to transition over into some of the more statistical and evidence-based stuff pertaining to COVID. Um, I did some research and according to a graph put out by the Transportation Security Administration, airports reported that over 1 million Americans traveled this Thanksgiving. What are your thoughts on this? We can go ahead and start with you, Mr. Murphy and Mrs. Murphy. Oh, what are my thoughts? Um, I I think we're going to see a you know a surge. I know I I know people are sick of being tied up. I know sick people are you know sick of staying home. Um, they're sick of not seeing their families. I'm sick of it too. You know, I sit in my mom's driveway in my car so I don't give her COVID. Um, but I, it was a little bit maddening, you know, seeing people, seeing cars uh, lining driveways. And I know people don't want to be told what to do, but it's, you know, it's science. It's, there's nothing to do with politics. Unfortunately, it's gone that way. Um, yeah, yeah. People need to, you know, and they, they need to have some fear like we did in March. And for some reason, the fear is gone and it's become this like overwhelmingly two-sided issue where you're either left or you're right. And you're just, we're so pitted against each other. We need some unity right now if we're going to make this better because it's going to get worse for us. And I'm seeing more COVID right now, I think, than I did see in the early stages of when it came, March, April, May. Um, and I'm seeing more people who don't care you know, they don't care. They won't even wear a mask in the waiting room and they come in and they know they have COVID <laughs> and we're stuck in a very hard spot. Um, you know, there's MTALA law that says you have to provide emergency care and we would never turn anybody away. But part of it is the selfishness of people is overwhelming right now. Um, it's disheartening. You know, we aren't, I don't consider myself a hero. I know people say, oh, you're here. It's my job. I mean, I signed up to do that. I signed up to take care of the sick. I didn't sign up to be a martyr, though, I can tell you that. So you need to wear your mask because I can find another job just like a lot of other nurses. Um, and I think uh, we're all a little, we're also very grateful to serve people. And we have patients that come in and they're awesome and their family you know, is understanding and we tell them, you know, you can't come back with your loved one. I'm sorry that you can't come back. Um, you know, obviously if they're dying, we make an exception. 
Um, but we've had, I've had great people. I've had some awesome, awesome people that I'm so grateful to take care of. And then, you know, every while there's, or every once in a while, there's a turd. I mean, you find them everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it just happens and you get, I don't want to wear a mask. COVID's just a cold. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, it's not just the cold, but cool, you know, and I don't want it. I've had coworkers that uh, have had it, you know, they're younger, they're healthy. They, you know, walk down the our, we have hallways that line our, our department. They're kind of like big squares, you know, and you, they were walking down the hallway and they stopped for a second because they're short of breath still, you know, they're COVID negative now, but these are people in their twenties and their thirties. And, you know, one of my coworkers, she'll sit there and her heart rate will go up to 140 and 60 to hundred beats a minute is normal, you know, or one of them will have palpitations or chest pain. Some people, their loss of taste and smell is still off. Um, the things they used to love to eat that would give them comfort because I am a stress eater, girlfriend. You were talking about meditation. I'm talking about brownie-tation because I will eat my feelings. It's the easiest way for me to keep my mouth closed because sometimes I get a little on fire and I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I shove a piece of candy in there. But, you know, it's it's scary to see your coworkers that are young and healthy, you know, that are my age, that are having you know, complications that they don't have any answers for, you know, and we're medical, we're medical people. I know a whole lot of stuff about medicine and the body and how things work. And we don't know how this works. So we have, you know, um, people that are, it's scary. It's scary because we don't, my coworkers are like, oh, is this going to affect me when I'm 40 or 50? Like, how is this, am I going to die early? Like, am I going to have a heart attack one day just randomly? So, um, but as far as like that huge travel, I'm, I'm very afraid that we are going to have a very large surge in the next week or so. We're tending to see <clears throat> five to seven days, um, you know, of symptom onset. People are starting to test positive, but they have like this week before where they don't have any symptoms, but they're transmitting it to people. So, you know, you think you're okay and you go visit Grammy and then, you know, 75 year old Grammy, or if you have a 65 year old Grammy and she, you know, I've had people in their twenties come in, can't breathe, put them on a ventilator and it's not, it's not cool. It's just not cool. People need to be careful. People need to pull their head out of their sphincters and get it together and get scared again because you should be scared. Should be scared right now. Oh my gosh. I am so happy that you just straight up told it as it is because people need to hear it. People don't want to hear it, but they need to hear it. And I'm so happy that you also brought up that people, you know, even after they're testing negative, still have those symptoms. You know, I think South Lion, for the most part, was pretty lucky when it came through here because I think most people were asymptomatic, really had no issues. And I think a lot of people were kind of under the impression that like, oh, this is fine. I didn't have any symptoms. This isn't even a big deal. But yeah, like as you said, people are still like even weeks after, months after testing negative, or sorry, testing positive, they have symptoms. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like months after people are coming in with like organ failure and organ complications from COVID, even after, you know, they've been negative for a long time. And people don't realize that this can, we have no idea what this is going to look like in a year. Like, even if we get rid of the virus, are you going to have complications in the future? So, yeah, I get it. You want to live your life. Yeah, I get it. You 
are sick of this and you just want to do whatever you want. And if you feel like this is taking away your freedoms, I'm so sorry you feel like that, but this is not, that's not what it is. This isn't us trying to take away your freedoms or us trying to keep you from seeing your family. Like this is nothing, that has nothing to do with it. As you said before, this is not politics. This is just how it is. You have those nurses and doctors and medical personnel on the front lines every single day risking their lives to save other people who are just being selfish. I'm sorry to say it, but they're just being selfish. So if you want to go ahead and live your life, yeah, so do they. Like, so do I. Everybody wants to live their life right now, but we're making the conscious choice not to because it's saving other people's lives. And, you know, even if you are asymptomatic for a week, you go visit your grandparents and you have it and you're asymptomatic. Now they have it. We know that older people are not fighting this as well. And a lot of young people aren't either. This isn't something that's just affecting infants and the elderly. This is something that is affecting everybody. And a person who is super active in their 20s is still, can still die from this. This isn't, there isn't some unwritten rule that says only a certain group of people are being affected by this. So like even my age group, I'm getting super frustrated when everyone's just saying, oh, I just want to live my life. Yeah, so do I. And but I'm not because I don't want to be the person that gets school shut down again. I don't want to be the person who's delaying my palm season. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person that puts someone in the hospital. So I just, I can't take it with the selfishness. And I, I don't want to lose my cool here because I know people are listening to this. But just be thinking of yourself right now. This is affecting everybody. This isn't something where... You making the choice only affects you. This affects everybody. Just you getting it can spread it to hundreds of people because it's just the spider web effect. It just happens. You can't, even if you feel great, you could have it and not even know. So just please, I'm begging whoever is listening to this, just, I get it. You want to live your life, but please just don't just think of yourself in this scenario. I get it. I get that this is awful and that you're tired of it. We are too. The medical people are too. They're exhausted. They're working so hard to try to get this under wraps and just, I don't know, I this is probably wrong to say it, but I mean, it's not wrong, but it's a little much. Um, I feel like people just making those selfish decisions are just kind of like spitting in the medical personnel's faces, honestly, because I think everybody knows how hard that you guys are working. I think everybody knows that. I think everyone knows that you are risking your lives every single day to keep us all healthy and they're just choosing to ignore it. And if you're one of those people, please just rethink your decisions because if you want this to be over, you have to make those choices now. Ms. McKinney, you can go ahead. Um, this is, a, it's a really interesting thing, right? I, again, I don't think any of us thought really that this would happen in our lifetimes, which um, is funny because we've had a lot of close calls over the last 25 years specifically. Um, and in 2013, I read this book that was exactly this situation called Spillover. And it's like animal diseases or infections and the next human pandemic, right? So then boom, here we are. And in that I'm reading it, those stories of all those close calls. And it was terrifying. But, um, you know, it's this is as we have more people on the planet, we are taking up more space. We are pushing into animal habitats. Like, so wild animals and domestic animals are mixing. So this is not the last time this will happen. This is not inevitable. I mean, it's not happening. Like it just, it has to happen at some point. But um, 
how we deal with it is different. Um, so places that are like the hot spots on the planet for this happening are much better at dealing with the situation. They go into a strict protocol. They slaughter a whole bunch of animals that are spreading the disease, right? Like millions of animals that were spreading diseases. Um, but the, their community is also um, much better at locking down and they wear masks to protect each other. It's just an, an understood part of the community. Um, so we have dodged this bullet oh, time and time again, for the most part. Like 2009, we had a taste of some of this, right? Um, but nothing clearly like what we're going through. So um, really it comes down to us evolving as a species. Like every species must adapt. You adapt and survive or you don't and you suffer the consequences. Like nature will always win. So while this virus is not well understood, it's so crazy how complicated it is and how it can affect healthy, strong people and kill them. And then other people that like, I've had friends that have had it that were the exact person that should not have survived and they did. Like, it's just baffling. Um, but we do know that if you take away the host, then the disease cannot spread, right? So that's it. So we make choices. Um, we all want our life to go back to normal. So then we make our choices based on that. Living our life as if it, everything is normal is the exact opposite of what we need to do to get our life back to normal. So um, you have to really come down to like priorities. Like what do you want most? Choose those things and do what is necessary to make those your reality. And unfortunately, you can't choose mutually exclusive activities at this time. Like you can, but you will then be the one perpetuating your own misery. So here we are. Um, if we continue to live as normal, we will see the surges going and this thing will drag out. Um, I know it's almost impossible. It is impossible to imagine, but if we had the ability to lock down the entire planet, for three to six weeks, maybe. I mean, realistically, I, like you could then see the end of it, like the spread would be gone. But how do you do that, right? Um, so it really, I mean, like the pandemic of 1918, right? Like it just, it, it ran its course in about two years and that's it. So we can keep spinning our wheels and spinning our wheels and hoping that this vaccine is, is what's going to push us to that tipping point of going backwards and and getting healthy again, but there's even rushing that process is, you know, there's only so much you can do. So um, it's funny because like you said, Allie, the, the desperation to just feel normal and live normally is actually what is taking away our ability to live normally. And uh, that just, that keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think, that as mrs murphy mentioned before the like the fear that we had in march is absolutely it's it's gone but this surge was so much greater than the one we had in march so you'd think it, it that wouldn't be the case and i don't know why people just kind of gave up on trying to make the spread go away because when we were in full lockdown for a couple of months we flattened the curve it worked so People saying, oh, masks aren't working. Oh, this isn't working. Lockdown isn't working. 
Yes, it did. You, we had to wait a while for it to happen, but it happened and it worked. So if you want life to go back to normal, you have to do the things that will eventually get us there. Yeah, it's probably going to make you miserable. It's making everybody miserable. But if that's what we have to do to finally get back to normal, then why wouldn't you? Why would, you know, you feel like you're the drop in the bucket. Oh, well, if I, whatever, I'm one in seven billion, however many people are on the planet. But as I mentioned before, as we all mentioned before, your actions affect everybody. So the sooner you decide to do what you need to do to get life back to normal, we eventually will get there. But it is a process and you can't just think about yourself. This is affecting everybody. And if you want to get to the finish line, you have to you have to get there first. So thank you for elaborating on that. Um, kind of elaborate. Uh, Going off of that, the COVID tracking project shows that the number of people currently hospitalized has surpassed 93,000 with 18,198 in the ICU and 6,249 on ventilators. These numbers include young people who are active and who have good immune systems. What can we do to ensure that we are not contributing to the spread of the virus? This is an obvious one, but let's just say it anyways, because I think we need to. <laughs> Well, we can wash our hands, we can wear our masks, and we can stay away from each other. Um, it is hard. I get it. Um, I, I, you know, obviously, I didn't have to isolate like you guys did in the beginning. Um, I was getting battered by COVID. You know, I was taking care of the ones that couldn't stay away from people um, by putting them on ventilators and, you know, putting IVs in their neck and putting tubes in their butt, putting tubes in their urethra. Um, so I, I want people to be scared, but I want people to be smart. Um, I want people to put their politics aside and start to unite with each other. Um, you know, I want people to look at their neighbor and go, man, that's a 50 year old guy with four kids who's a little heavy. Um, you know, I don't know what his medical conditions are, but for some reason, obese people don't do very well with COVID either. And that can be a comorbidity um, and look at him and go, well, man, I think he'd like to see his kids graduate. So maybe I'm going to stay away from him. Um, I want people to really start loving thy neighbor from a distance. Um, you know, we have to stop it. We have to slow it down. We are going to have to make some very, very hard decisions, I think, in the hospital coming up. Things that we didn't have to do. We got lucky. We didn't get as bad as Detroit in the beginning. Um, I think there's a little bit of a, a dread, uh, you know, a fear of impending doom in the back of a lot of our, especially in the ER of our, our minds. I mean, I see bad things every single day. I see wild stuff. I see the worst of humanity. I see the best of it. Um, but you know, you hate when people walk in and you go, oh, this might be the last time you see your wife because they look that bad and you know how bad COVID is. And I say, you know, what, what have you been? You've been social distancing. Well, no, I was at, you know, a Halloween party. And you're like, oh, okay. So, you know, wear your mask, wash your hands, do your Zoom meetings, um, you know, do necessary things for survival, um, but don't, you know, don't go partying. Don't go, um, you know, hang out with a huge group of friends. You don't know where that person's been, you know? You don't know 
where they've been. They could be your best friend, but then they have another best friend who has another best friend who has another best friend whose parents have COVID. And now you've all got it. And now you've given it to multiple people. So wash your hands. Um, wear your mask. Don't come see me at work. <laughs> you know, I hope I don't have to see any of you ever. But, you know, we'll be there to take care of you if we do. You know, you know or if you have to see us. But we're, we're all hoping that people start really paying attention and kind of helping one another. Uh, if you know your friends want to go party, say, hey, listen, why don't we chill for a little bit? You know, try and keep try and help them social distance. Sometimes you need to be the voice of reason because there's the angel and the devil. So be the angel. Tell them, hey, you need to stay inside. Hey, wear your mask. Hey, wear your hands. Hey, you know, stop touching everything. <laughs> yeah, just be smart. Be smart. Be scared. Um, don't be terrified. I don't want people to live in terror, um, but I want people to be scared enough to be smart. You have to be scared enough to be smart. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that we just need those of us who don't have to go to the hospitals every day and, you know, be taking care of patients. I think we need to be extremely grateful that we don't have to do that job because. They are, as I keep saying over and over again, they're putting their lives at risk every day. And we just need to be grateful that that is not something that we have to do. We are in the safety of our own home. We have the luxury of literally doing nothing. Like we're literally telling you, you can watch as much Netflix as you want because it's keeping other people safe. So if you have that luxury of being safe and being in your own home, take the, take advantage of that. You don't have to go to the hospital every day and take care of sick patients. You get the luxury of staying home. I don't really understand why we're having such a difficult time with that because I feel like before this, everyone was dying to just be in their house doing nothing for a couple months. So just the fact that we're being told you can't leave your house is making people not want to follow the rules. So it's kind of a shame. McKinney, Ms. McKinney, what do you have to say? Um, no, I'm going to touch on that one. I was just thinking this morning how funny it was because you remember when we used to go to school and you guys would take every senior skip day that you possibly could. Like, I'm like, how is it another senior skip day? Don't you understand it's supposed to be senior skip day like one day? It's a thing, you guys, if you've had me, you know this. But I'm like, it's supposed to be one big, cool, cold class day, not like 55 random days. Um, so then here we are, right. Begging to go back to school, but like you guys were begging to get out of there <laughs> at every cost. So, um, it's funny and it's really, it comes down to like, if we could all just stop thinking, like just stop with all the, the noise and like take a breath and like sit in a really quiet place. Like I'm going to throw you all on a deserted Island by yourself and just let you kind of look at the big picture we would all make the right decision. It's common sense. Um, and we have a lot of lucky ones, right? Like there are a ton of people that have been asymptomatic, mild symptoms. Um, South Lion has been blessed in that regard for a lot of people. Um, but that's the thing, right? That's also what's making this such a successful disease is the fact that it can take so long to show up. The viruses that just are like killing most of the people that get infected and doing it quickly, they don't spread as successfully. So this one, that like that that hidden five to 10 day window or more 
makes it successful. So you are that person. You have no idea. Maybe you don't ever show a symptom, but you have now infected 10, 15, 20 people. And heaven forbid you actually infect someone that then does get sick and dies, right? Like to live with that. And I'm like, I don't know how people, I see one picture and I don't look for them. Like I tried, I am off of social media right now. Like I cannot go near it. But every once in a while, that picture sneaks into my my newsfeed of that lonely elderly person in that hospital, like crying and being held by a doctor. Like that's it. That's their ending, right? Like the nurse holding the phone over someone's face so they can say goodbye to their family. Like how I, I start to cry and me, I'm like done. I can't. So like to think like that, that we're all just like, eh, I'll be fine. Like maybe you will and maybe you won't. And for me, right, I'm younger. I'm relatively healthy. I have an autoimmune disorder. So that's a catch. But then I'm like, but what if like hiking is one of my favorite things. And what if I get it? And what if my lungs are permanently affected? What if my heart is permanently affected and I am done hiking for the rest of my life? As a young person, that should sink in. Like, I know we don't think long term, but like, if you have permanent damage that resulting from this, like the the slow brain that some people, the neurological effects that people are having now months later. I mean, it's I don't know. It's just it comes down to common sense. We all know what's right, and we know how to do it, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely, and. I think that people are so driven off of that like blissful ignorance. Like I'm not going to look at the numbers. I'm not going to research this. And people are so surprised that this spike is so much higher than in March because they're not looking for it. They're not looking for the data. They're not seeing that people are having long-term effects from it because they're just living in ignorance and they're thriving off of it. They don't realize how bad this is because they've just chosen to just shy away from all the data because if they look at it, it makes them upset. And I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal. I absolutely, I don't like looking at the numbers. It's heartbreaking. It's terrifying. It's so hard seeing all of the people that have died from this and all the people that are permanently ill and permanently damaged from this. But I know that if I just choose to ignore it, then I'm putting everybody else at risk because if I'm just thinking, oh, well, I haven't heard anyone who's died from it. I haven't heard people get sick from it in a while. I'm just going to go out to this one party and it'll all be fine. But it is depressing sometimes to look at the news, but I think that we need to stay on top of what's happening to better appreciate what's happening. Because if we just, again, if we just choose to ignore it, then you're not going to make the right decision. So if it means just looking at the news once a day, once a week even is something just understanding what's really happening once you feel like oh this is nothing no it is something and you need to look at it because i keep bringing it bringing it up but the medical personnel who have to be there every single day are constantly reminded of how real this is so they don't have the luxury of living in blissful ignorance they have to they have to see what's going on so let's just respect that and let's educate ourselves and educate our friends and educate our family members. And I know a lot of people are struggling because they're saying, oh, well, my parents said I can go out. So if they say it's okay, it's okay. You can be the person to educate your parents if they're choosing not to follow the rules. I, It's hard. It's probably hard to tell your, not really telling your parents what to do, but 
educating each other is so immensely important. And if you have to be that one fun sponge for your friends to say, look, party, having a party is not a good idea. Yeah, they're probably going to be annoyed with you, but educating each other is so, so important because there truthfully are some people who don't realize how bad this is. And I think we all need to understand the gravity of it and the sooner we can educate each other. And I, that's why I wanted to do this podcast to maybe educate at least one person on what's going on. It's, it's huge. Mr. Murphy, what do you have to say? Yeah, like well said. And, and I think people who have relatives or are living with somebody who is in the medical profession understand, like you said, the gravity of it. Um, I see it taking a huge toll on, on Lauren, uh, a huge mental toll on her just seeing what she's had to see. And the, the people who aren't affiliated with the nursing, the medical profession, I don't think they understand the gravity of it, what's really going on. And I know that her mom has been greatly impacted by it because she sees her, her daughter, you know, struggling with um, these past nine months, you know, my my parents are worried about her constantly. My my sister was a nurse, um, but she resigned. Um, she had three babies, uh, or she has three little ones, and she just decided to resign and and got out of nursing. And you know, uh, early March or mid March when this was starting, and you know, I just hope for those that are listening. Um, you know, please trust us. Right? You know, <laughs> we don't have anyone paying us to say this. Like it is not made up. <laughs> it's not made up, right? Um, it is not made up. It, this this stuff is real, and um, it's it's not fake, and um, it, it it's a challenging situation. We need to, like you said, we need to kind of make sure we're socially distancing and and do our best to to not be the spreaders. And, you know, if we have to be a fun sponge, like you said, that's a great word. Uh, Lauren's probably going to start calling me Mr. Fun Sponge. Uh, she called, Sometimes I get called uh, the, the fun governor, but now I might be the fun sponge. Uh, but um, if it means being a fun sponge for a year, but saving other people's lives, you know, give me that any day, right? If we have to skip a holiday or if we have to skip, you know, being so close to each other um if it saves our health then then we need to do it right for a year we we have to we just have to we have to make that sacrifice and and humans have shown the ability to make sacrifices in the past and be better because of it um and i think we can as a community and, and as a nation you know come together and and make some sacrifices for the betterment of all of us Ms. McKinney, you can go ahead. I had something to say. Um, yeah, I almost forgot what I was going to say. Oh, right, about this idea. So freshman year, you know, we teach the biology students, like, science is this. Science is not that, right? So science is not truth, but it is the search for truth, right? Because we know science can change based on new information, new technology, new facts, right? But 
um, it's just funny because I think we all can agree that we usually trust our doctors and our nurses and um, the medical professionals, right? Like we've gone through the stupidity of humanity, all of these generations, and we have survived. Now, like let, we, we pretended smoking was okay for a really, really long time. And doctors lied, right? They paid doctors to lie. And, and we pretended chemicals were okay for a really long time. I mean, we essentially started eating science in the 50s. But like we have come through realizing like, okay, guess what? That stuff was bad for us. And science is only controversial when it's inconvenient. It is only controversial because people don't like what it's saying, right? So um, usually that also comes down to money or right now just like we just want to do what we want to do because we have been so blessed and privileged, especially here where we have been able to avoid a lot of these diseases. So um, it's really hard for us to give up things. But again, I know it seems like forever right now, but when you have your entire lifespan, this window, it sucks, don't get me wrong. Um, and it feels like an eternity, but this is our bit of history. This is our little bit of history to make it through. Um, and we don't wanna look back on this and be embarrassed about how we've done things. Um, and where we are at the moment is horrifying. It really is that we've let ourselves get here. Um, like we're in, we are the frog in the pot slowly boiling, right? Just pretending that it's not getting hot in there. Um, but we can do better and, uh, and we can do better. Going back to that, like speaking to the students, whoever you are listening to this, if you have a party coming up or a social gathering of some sort, you not going, you're not going to remember that for the rest of your life. This is one day, one moment that you won't even remember next year probably not even a month. You're going to forget about it. This window is temporary. It's horrible. It's miserable, but it's temporary. So I understand you want to be involved with your school. You want to be with your friends. You want to have, if you're a senior, you want to have your senior year. I get it. I'm there. I feel it. I feel it with you. But as much as it hurts right now to not have all of the things that I was supposed to have, I'm not going to really remember that in a few years because I have so much ahead of me. I have college ahead of me. I have eventually a career and a family and all of these milestones ahead of me that one football game or a homecoming dance may seem like a huge thing now, but it won't be in a few years. So just as soon as you understand that we will get through this, the better you're going to be and the more educated you are, you are going to be. Um, because this is temporary, but we have to do what we can now to make it end sooner because the longer we perpetuate this, the more you're just taking away from yourself. So I get it. If, if we don't have prom in the spring, if we don't have graduation, yeah, that's going to be heartbreaking and absolutely every, everybody's going to be miserable and it's going to be really hard. But if we continue to have this mindset of, I'm just going to live my life. I'm not going to have my freedoms taken away from me. The longer this is going to last and the more you're taking away from yourself. If you want to go to college next year and live on campus, then do what you can now to make that be able to happen. If the longer you decide to just 
carry on with your life and do whatever makes you happy. You truly are just affecting yourself. So if you can't think about how this is affecting other people, if you can't do that and you can't think of how you are putting other people at risk, then fine, be selfish, but think of what you're taking away from yourself then, if that's what's going to make you change. And this isn't political. We're going to say it over and over. This is not political. This is not any um, government supervisor's attempt to take everything away from you. This is not them trying to um, negatively impact the economy. This is not any of that. This is simply us trying to make this go away because everybody wants it to go away, but nobody wants to make that happen. And this isn't just going to go away on its own. This is something that we have to work towards. So if you want this to be over, then act like it. You can't you can't complain about this perpetuating and keep going on if you don't want to be the change. This is something that you have to do and you're not a drop in the bucket. This is something that spreads to everybody if you have it. This is a change, a, something, a decision that impacts everybody. So if you want this to be over, then act like it. Don't complain about not having a sports season about not having performances or not having prom, not having graduation, whatever it may be, don't complain if you don't want to solve the problem. This isn't gonna go away on its own. I'm gonna say it again. We have to be the change and we have to, we have to be the ones that make that change happen. So to kind of wrap things up a little bit, is there anything that you want the student body to know about this and what they should do? I'll let uh, my wife, uh, Lauren, kind of give a final message. I want the student body to educate each other. You know, educate your parents, educate your uncle, educate your aunt, you know, educate all those people. Tell them, hey, wear your mask. Because, you know, I mean, imagine your person walks into my ER and they sit down and they talk to me and they're kind of breathing a little heavy and their oxygen saturation is 60 percent and then they're sitting there and I have to rush them back and then I put a big mask on their face and then all of a sudden they go up to the COVID ICU and they crash and these people are so sick and they crump like that then there's a doctor standing over you who looks like an alien because we look like aliens and you're getting intubated and that might be the last thing you ever see and then a tube goes in your urethra to collect your urine. Then we put a tube in your butt to collect your stool so you don't get bed ulcers. Then we put you on your face so you can breathe better. We put IVs in your neck. We put IVs in your groin. We have medicine, you know, keeping you alive, basically. And then you go into cardiac arrest and we don't, you know, we try to save you, but we can't. And so we're talking to your family on a Zoom call saying, this is, you know, this is it. I'm sorry. And I want you to think about your parent. How would you feel if you were seeing this at a Zoom call? I want you to think about your grandma. I want you to think about your grandpa. I want you to think about your 22-year-old neighbor who has asthma. Because we've lost those people. And we're going to lose more of those people. Um, we don't know how this is going to affect us in the long road. And we only have had a few short months to see, uh, you know, these people now are having lung problems, but we don't know what's like, we don't know what they are yet. 
We don't have a name for these things. We don't have a name for these chronic conditions we're going to see. We don't even know what the fallout is going to be from this. So when you, you know, are flipping about it and say, oh, I'm not wearing a mask. Oh, it's above me. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's not that. I want you to look to your right or to your left or in front of you or behind you and imagine that person on a ventilator with a tube in all of their orifices. Nothing is left untouched. And, you know, imagine them struggling to breathe. And just, you know, walking five feet is a chore. Um, I want you to, you know, just put yourself in the shoes of somebody who might never walk the earth again and stop being so selfish. That's what I want. I want people to start putting themselves in the place of somebody that they don't know that's passed away from something that, you know, could have been preventable if people had been humans to each other instead of selfish, awful, I don't know, creatures, let's say. Call them creatures, because I feel like some people aren't even human beings right now. So be humans. That's what I would tell you. Be good humans. Yes, please, 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 please consider your actions before you act. You, you do not want to be the person that causes the loss of your parent, your sibling, your friends, your neighbors, any relative. You don't want to be that person. And I know it's hard to imagine you causing that problem because it's hard to imagine a difficult situation like that, but you have to. And you have to be aware of how your, how your actions can impact people. And even if you think you're being safe, by going to a friend's house with a mask on or going outside to a big gathering with a mask on or being socially distant, people can still get it if they're being socially distant. It can, you know, there's been people who have just been at the grocery store, not around, not necessarily around people, and they've gotten it. We don't really know exactly how this is spreading. We, we're much more educated now than we were, but there's always that what if, and I know people hate that what if because they don't like to live in the what if and the unknown and all of that. But right now we, we desperately have to, we have to consider the lives of others and not be selfish. Please, please do not be selfish because it's, it's unimaginable to have a life without one of your parents and living the rest of your life, knowing that it was your fault, that party, that social gathering, that whatever it was, I promise you will never be worth the life of a person, whether you know them or not, it will never be worth it. So if you have to be a hermit for a couple of months to save the lives of thousands of people, I hope to God that you would make that decision, that you would make the right decision. Because if I, I can't imagine me being the reason why somebody close to me or somebody I don't even know is on a ventilator suffering alone, can't even have anybody in the hospital with them. I could never, ever, ever, ever forgive myself if I was the reason that that person was living that way or if that person passed away. So please take the time to just think about what you're doing. Are you causing more issues or are you doing the right thing? And that's what I just ask of you. Miss McKinney, would you like to add anything onto that? I really think you guys have summed it up perfectly. I mean, there is nothing else. I think 
um, it's very easy for us to, especially the fact that we're not interacting with the public as much as normal, um, it is easier to distance ourselves, right? To not care about the greater picture. But um, it's just like social media trolls, right? It's really easy to um, yell at people and say things to people and not care about people when you're not face to face with those people. But if you sat down with this person and had a conversation with that person as a one, even somebody you were super angry about, but if you're face to face and you're forced to like talk it out, there's a very human thing that happens there. And, uh, and that's it. And again, it's, and it's like, it's the people just want to roll their eyes and say, Oh, geez, but it really comes down to you are a human and this is a human and it might not be you, but it might be you. Um, it might be someone you love, but um, watching another human suffer that way, picturing that is enough to make you make good choices. And I'm not even telling you to stay locked in your house for the rest of the six months, however long it's gonna be, but you need to make good choices and be responsible when you do go places. Um, yeah, because you are either part of the solution or you are part of the problem. That actually sums it up perfectly. And yes, please just be the change that you want to see in the world. Because if you don't, nobody else will. And if you have to be the person that educates everybody else, and you have to be the person that tells your parents, going out to dinner tonight probably isn't the best option, or me going to this party this weekend probably isn't the best option. If you have to be the person that tells other people that, be that person. If they're mad at you over it, then let that be their problem. This is not something that should be taken lightly. This isn't something that you can just ignore for the rest of your life. This is not something that's only affecting elderly or infants or you know a select group of people. This is affecting everybody. And the longer we perpetuate this, the longer you are going to have to suffer from it. So if you can't think of other people, then at least think of yourself and what you're doing to take away from your own freedoms, if you want to call it that. So thank you so much to all three of you for giving such amazing commentary on this. I know it has been a hard topic to address and emotionally taxing and difficult, but it needs to be said. And I think that if we even educate one person on this, then that is a monumental change. And I'm so grateful that I've been given this opportunity to do a podcast like this. And with you three very educated, very selfless people, thank you for all that you have done to make this an easier experience for everyone around you. Um, just know that you are doing enough. And if you feel like people aren't appreciating you, there are people that are really, really appreciating you. So all I can say is just, let's just keep plugging along and doing the best we absolutely can right now. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be having those really rough patches because I know I'm feeling it and I know you are too. And it's human and it's okay. And I know we're feeling lonely right now, but we're going to get through it. And it's going to take time and a lot of effort and a lot of tears and that's okay, but we're going to get through it. And we have to be confident that what we're doing is solving the problem because it is. If you're staying inside of your house and you are keeping others safe, it is helping. And you're not a drop in the bucket. You are part of this. So 
Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again for tuning into Behind the Roar podcast. And thank you to our guests, Mr. Michael Murphy, Mrs. Lauren Murphy, and Miss Olivia McKinney for joining us here tonight to talk about something so monumentally important. Be on the lookout for our future podcasts, and we will see you all next time. This is your host, Allison Firstenau, Lines Out. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.